Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time to groove with Groovy with an all-time great Razorback quarterback. Takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, he'll score. Touchdown. Quinn Groovy showing the great athletic ability. Did it his way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst Quinn Groovy. Groovin' with Groovy is brought to you by Bell and Sward at 1011 Oak Street in Conway. From boots to suits, they have everything for the best-dressed man. Now, let's groove. All right, let's bring him in, Quinn Grovey. Quinn, we got, man, I got to kind of just hit with a bunch of bricks in the first hour. I came out all positive, feeling good about BYU. We had a series of callers just very, very concerned about the offensive line. How concerned are you with this offensive line? Well, I'm not concerned. Uh, I, I think that they probably had not played the way that they wanted to play. Uh, and when I love the quote that Sam was just talking about, I mean, the, the stats, you know, incorporates a lot of things from a lost yardage perspective, but you haven't lost yardage plays. So like you said, that's a part of the game. I, you know, I, I think, I think the biggest thing for me, and I, and I've said it time and time again, you know, from an offensive line perspective, you want to be able to make sure you line up and run the football when the other team knows it. So Western Carolina really overcommitted. Kent State, I thought, won more battles individually without overcommitting. But, you know, I was really focused in on what are you doing in short yardage situations? You know, if it's third and one, can you get it? Uh, if you're in the goal line, can you turn and hand the ball to the back and uh, move the football across the goal line? So those are the, those are the things, you know, so I, I'm still looking at the short yardage situations when you have to be able to run the football when people know you're going to be able to run the football. I say, that, I say all that to say Arkansas has not shown you the, the entire run game because to me, K.J. Jefferson is a huge part of the run game. And when you're trying to just beat teams, you know, with the inside zone, outside zone, you know, G power, those types of runs with the running back, if the defense is overcommitting, then they, they've got a better chance of, of, of stopping you. You insert the run game of K.J. Uh, reading somebody, doing an RPO, doing his own read, some option type stuff. Now people can't just tee off on you. They've got to play responsibility football whenever you start doing some of that stuff. So you can go from power to finesse really, really quickly. KJ is very important to the run game. And so I think from the word go on Saturday, he's going to be heavily involved. I said last week on the broadcast, he only had like one carry or two carries in the first half. Mm -hmm. And I said, if we're going to run the football effectively, we've got to get KJ involved. And I said, probably by the end of this game, he's going to end up with 13 or 14 carries. And uh, I mean, that's, that's exactly what he did. Uh, he had 13 carries. And so uh, I think you'll see the sweet spot for KJ to make sure the run game is effective will be anywhere from 11 to 18 carries a game. You like to be on the lower side, of course, but uh, if you're in that wheelhouse, then I think that that's going to force the defense to play responsibility football, and then you're going to start seeing Rocket blast up the middle. You're going to start seeing A.J. do his thing because they're worried about so much on the field. Yeah, and I thought last week uh, they almost used it as a 
as an opportunity to work on something that they knew they needed to work on, yeah. and that was the run game. I didn't see some of the, uh, the, the not, not creativity, but just some of the pass plays called early. There, there were a lot of first down runs. Let me just say that. And, and against uh, Western Carolina, we saw them throwing a little bit more, and they didn't run it as much. And I felt like just looking back at the play sheet after watching the game, I just felt like they were running uh, predictable. And and I think they yeah that's what they were like you know what we're, we feel like we're going to win this game we're going to get ahead and comfortable we're going to get yeah. some things accomplished in this game. I think you're right about that. I think they're very intentional in trying to to uh, to run the football and uh, and and, and I, we we saw in the first game that you know when when linebackers are coming up KJ has the ability to throw the football right behind you. I mean he's seeing the field extremely well, and so uh, the. I would be totally concerned if I didn't feel comfortable about KJ being able to connect in the passing game. And so I think all that comes together for you, Wes. And, and uh, so, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think that there was – they were very intentional in what they were trying to do with the run game. And then when things, you know, stayed a little tight, you know, they said, look, f- let's figure this out. We'll figure this out later. Let's go ahead and get KJ this ball and let's figure out how we can hold on and get a win because it's a lot easier to figure things out 2-0. and than it is one and one or <laughs> oh and two to one uh, to oh and two to those teams. And actually, you go oh and two to those teams, you probably don't get a chance to figure, figure it out. <laughs> but you know that's yeah. that's just kind of how it is nowadays. But you're two and zero, oh, um, and they're going to be excited. I don't know if they were really excited about last week, uh, and that's the other thing I look at from, from this team. How mentally tough are they, and can they do what they need to do in games where they're supposed to take care of business? Now, I will say against Kent State, I thought, you know, from the word, the very first play, I, I could tell what they were getting ready to do. Once they completed that ball, that first pass, and they just stood over there and looked at the sideline, just, hey, we're about to milk this clock. Oh we're going to start milking the clock in the first quarter. And what that does to you, if you can't get them off the field, even if they're not scoring, if you can't get them off the field, what that does is it, there is a, a – a, a tinge of, of, of not panic, but you start going frustration. I can't get them off the field. We're not blowing them out the way we want to. Fans are watching us. They expect us to blow them out. And all they're doing is holding on to the ball and milking the clock. Now, it's your job to get them off the field. But what they're doing is hoping that you do something aggressive where you leave somebody wide open because they know it's going to be very hard to go the length of the field on you defensively. They're trying to get you so frustrated, dinking and dunking, that you say, you know what, we're coming after you, and now we're going to throw one over your head. And so but so I thought, I thought they resisted some urges last week. Uh, so I thought that that showed maturity. I thought they stuck to their knitting without getting too overly aggressive and too frustrated. In Arkansas had nine drives, nine total drives against Kent State. And one of yeah. those drives was at the end of the first half where they just took the knee. So that's eight full drives. Yeah. The last drive of the game, it was the one where they milked off the last six minutes and five seconds. So, and they might have scored, you know, they could have scored on that drive if, if time didn't run out. But it, so you then think about it seven full drives throughout the game, and mm. they scored three times. The defense scored one drive for them. So, uh, three times, and maybe if they, you know, finish off the last drive of the game, they would have scored fifty percent of the time. And Kent State just—it was a good game plan to milk the clock, and then when yep. Arkansas couldn't get them off the field, that played into their hands. And <clears throat> that first half, it was just like, you know, it—it 
it speeds up the game, but in another way, it just slows it down. That feeling that you have <laughs> yeah. of like, oh my right. gosh, and that was the feeling, you know, yeah. watching it and listening from uh, on to you guys. It was just like it. The stadium yeah. was almost dead. Yeah, it was. It was. It was slow moving, and I would say Kent State was executing exactly the way they wanted to. And you know, now with the with the clock rolling. Um, it, it is going to shorten some games, and it is. And, and, and if you run into a team that's going to have that strategy, yeah, it can make it very, very frustrating. But um, you know, like I said, I thought that they resisted some urges right there. But look, I mean, seven possessions in a game—that's not a lot. So you feel pressure to score, and, and that's what they were really trying to do, to Arkansas. But I thought they handled it well and uh, got the win. And uh, now you move on, you turn the page, and get ready for a big one on Saturday. Uh, KJ did it to me again after the game. I felt like ah, he wasn't, uh, you know, at his best. And then I look up and his numbers, 13 of 6, uh, 19. He only had six incompletions, but I just felt like he was off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it felt like that definitely. Um, but, you know, he's been good with those those two receivers, Armstrong and Tesla. I mean, they've, they've been very good. I can see chemistry building at a high level there. And, um, but KJ is going to be all right. I think KJ, whenever he's running the ball, I think he's more effective doing everything else. I mean, you know, I, I would say I was like that too as a quarterback. When you're involved and you're you're running, you feel better throwing. And so, but KJ is he's solid, man. He's going to be all right. <laughs> the one thing that he's going to have to do uh, is to be able to. And Sam hit it again. I mean, those chunk plays—they have not been able to have a whole lot of chunk plays out there, and they'll have to be able to come up with that and. Hopefully they can get, you know, Satania involved and, and Broden involved as well to, to complement Tesla and Armstrong. He also had a moment where it scared the heck out of me, Quinn. I, and I know it was a safety that came up, but K.J. put his shoulder mm. down, and it was a violent collision. And, I, I mean, I yep. stopped what I was doing. I was like, is he going to get up? Is he okay? How's that shoulder? K.J. got up, and he was yep. nodding his head like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. The safety never got up. Well, mm. not for a while. Uh, I, I don't yeah. I don't like seeing that. Uh, that's the, that's your quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I said that on the broadcast too because he is so important to you. But KJ will tell you there are times where this offense maybe needs a spark, and he feels like he needs to deliver it. And you know he did it against Texas. He did it in his very first drive against Mississippi State when he first started playing. He ran a guy smooth over mm. as a freshman, and, and so. He'll tell you, you know, sometimes this team may need a spark and I may need to give it to him. And that's why, you know, I'll run him over. I said, well, man, you look, <laughs> we need to have you on the field. We need, we need you on the field. And I was scared to death whenever he ran him over. Now, the little, the little safety coming up, he had to make a business decision. He, he should have took some PTO on that day because <laughs> it, it was a bad decision running up take, tackling big fella like that. But that's what he does sometimes. He will do what it takes to get this team fired up. I would prefer him run out of bounds or get down and, 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 and hurt somebody's ego another way because he is so important to this football team. Quinn Grovey with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Big thanks to our friends at Bell and Sword. What do you think uh, of BYU? What are your thoughts on what we're going to see Saturday from them? Well, uh, offensively, you know, they got a quarterback that has played a lot of football, Keaton uh, Slovis, a uh, guy who played, started at USC, then went to Pittsburgh, and, and now is at BYU. And yeah, he's, a, he's a great player, but you also got to wonder why he's played for three schools. 
And so I don't know what that what that reason is, but he's at BYU and he is he is slinging it at a high clip. He's completing 64 percent of his passes. Uh, so doing a very, very nice job. But uh, the one thing I'm happy about is that Puka Nakua is not there. I'm glad he's in the pros on the Rams because he uh, he was tough for us to deal with last year. They don't have a guy like that, but they've got a couple of guys in Chase Roberts, who's their leading receiver. He's uh, he's uh, with 11 catches for 63 yards, and then Darius Lasseter, and then they got a tight end Isaac Rex, that is uh, contributing. But they've got three guys that really catch the majority of the balls. Um, the run game is very average, um, you know, and the defense uh, they only got 10 tackles for loss in the, for the entire season, one sack but they are giving up 61 yards a game rushing. So we'll see if that's competition mm-hmm. uh, this week or, or if that's really legit. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how we respond. Uh, it's going to be a night game. Uh, it's going to be, you know, there should be excitement in Fayetteville. And so there, there shouldn't be any reason for this team to be, not be jacked up. I think I read that Epps is supposed to be back this week for BYU, or they were hopeful that he returns. And he had a big game against Arkansas last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think I really think I really think that this may be a better team than last year. I know they had the quarterback that was really good and, and Puka Nakua, but I think this may be a better team. And, and I'm saying that simply because of the, the defensive numbers, uh, looking at the defensive numbers and what they've been able to do. It, it feels like they're better on defense. And Sam talked about what their scheme and philosophy is going to be. So Arkansas is definitely going to have some challenges with that. But uh, yeah, Epps is, is somebody that can help. Um, but it's a it's a situation where um, Arkansas is just going to have to be fundamentally sound and running the football is going to be critical. I wouldn't want to set a, a yardage amount to it, but I think that's going to be critical to their success. Uh, but uh, BYU averaging 60 or keeping opponents to 61 yards a game, man, I think that that is that's really impressive. So I'm, I'm anxious to see those two ships collide. What do you think of Arkansas's defense through two weeks? How how what kind of differences do you see with the new system in place after two games? I like I like what their defense is doing. Uh, I think the defensive front is doing a great job of of winning battles. I mean, you talk about averaging, you know, I mean, they basically are averaging. They got twenty one tackles for loss. I mean, that's ten a game. So they're creating penetration with that front four. They're doing a very nice job of of playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So I think that that helps. I think the linebackers have been really, really good. I think they've been very active. I think they've done the right job in the run fits. I think they've tackled well. And then the one thing is I think getting Al Walcott, uh, Singletary, I think you've upgraded in the secondary. I think there has been a lot of – I hadn't seen many busted assignments, I'll say that, where people are, are running free in your secondary. And it seems like I've seen a couple, but I hadn't seen like the droves that we had seen in the past. And it feels like that you've got a defender around a receiver every time. It feels like it's a catch and then a tackle. I mean, it's not a bunch of yak uh, after the catch. And so I think that those are the things that, I, that I'm seeing. for the, they, they, they may not be as aggressive from a sack standpoint, but they're creating penetration and creating lost yardage plays. The other thing is they're creating turnovers. They're creating turnovers and they're, and they're turning them into points. And when you've got a defense that can generate points for you, I mean, that one last week was big. I mean, Greer catches that ball, gets to the end zone, and when your offense is struggling, that just helps you out. And then they're also creating short fields for this for this offense. So uh, I think defensively, they're only going to get better. 
I think they're going to continue to get better and help this football team in a big way. I don't think we've talked enough about Greer's touchdown last week. That catch, I mean, that play yeah. he made, that was that was phenomenal. It was really nice because he was coming on a blitz. Mm -hmm. He was coming on a blitz, and then he just kind of stopped and saw with the quarterback trying to, to, to throw the ball right behind him. And, look, catching a hot ball coming at you yeah. like that, I mean, from that close, You've got to either be, I mean, you've got to have some quick hands or that ball's just going to hit you right in the face. He caught that ball and snagged it and then knew what to do with, with it after that. So, yeah, that was a great play because when you're coming on a blitz, you decide to stop, stay in the passing lane and come up with an interception. And then you've got the, the, the mindset to catch it and get to the end zone. That's, that's big stuff. So uh, I think he's such a huge addition. I think Jaheim Thomas has been great. I think Jaden Johnson is playing great at the safety position. Uh, you know, Brad Spence has done well at the linebacker position. I mean, Poo Paul getting him back in full strength. They've got some players, man, on that defense, and uh, I think they really believe they can be a good unit. Yeah, hey, I think this is uh, – I, I don't think it's anything like last year's game. You know, we're what, 50 and 30, 80, almost 90 points combined. I think this is a, uh, a lower scoring, you know, 24-14, 27-14, something like that kind of game. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you never know about these kind of games. And, and, you know, last year was a shootout. Yeah. And the offense was clicking at a high level. Uh, this year, you, I mean, you, you, like uh, my man Matt Zimmerman says, he'll take a one-point win in three overtimes <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if it's – I don't know what's the uh, over and under for this game. I don't even know what that is. I don't know if y'all know. I uh, looked it up at one point on Oakland. I think it was like it. 47, I want to say, off the top of my head. Mm. So, yeah, we're looking at the 20s. We're looking at the 20s for sure. At least Vegas is thinking that. So, I don't I don't disagree with them too often. Yeah, over-under on ESPN says 47 and a half. Okay. Good memory, yeah. Wes. Yeah. yeah, good job. Thanks. Uh, Oakland has it at 47 right now uh quinn uh specialty let me go back to satania i like what we see yeah. love what we see out of him kick return punt return but i uh yeah. saw that on the he had 11 plays offensively is it just wilson yeah. that's getting his or was it the get you know and then i looked arkansas only had 64 snaps and uh, we know that last drive was 11 drives and just all runs so i don't know how many three wide receiver you know sets they had on that last drive and maybe the opportunities yeah. weren't, just weren't there, and neither he nor Wilson played a lot in this game. Uh, but I'd like to see Satania a little bit more on offense just because of the uh, explosiveness. You were talking about chunk plays. Yep. I think he can bring that. Yep. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, uh, I mean, first of all, talking about him on special teams, you can see the confidence has just grown with him. Like, he is hungry to go catch the ball. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. on those punts, he's going after it. The kickoffs, if it's five, six yards deep, he's bringing it out. And Scott Fountain believes that he is a guy that can be an offensive weapon for you on special teams. They, I mean, you know, Sam said it. In, in preseason, they found this is the first time in his career where they've done live kick return and punt return. You only do that because you practice it because you believe you have an opportunity to create either points or field position. And, and so it feels like they're going to be much better in the kick return game with him. But you're right. I mean, to, to create some of those explosive plays, you know, you feel like he has to, to be a part of it. But 
The other point you made, too, which I think is spot on, is the fact they ran a bunch of 12 personnel in the second half. They had a couple of two tight ends out there. I mean, backs and, and uh, I mean, yeah, excuse me, Haas and, and uh, Francis Sherman. So um, having them out there a lot keeps that third receiver off the field. But, um, yeah, he's got to help you out, especially stretching the field, because what he can be is what we call a coverage dictator. You know, even if he's not getting the ball, you better know where he's at because if somebody's up on him, he's going to run past him. You may have to always keep a safety over the top. And as a quarterback, knowing where that safety has to align gives you an opportunity to really diagnose and, and understand pre-snap what the defense is trying to do to you. I said Arkansas ran only 64 plays. Do you know how many plays Kent State ran? How many? 53. Mm. <laughs> the defense, they were like, right, let's go play another game. <laughs> <laughs> 53 snaps for Kent State. That that you know, and I mm. bet the majority of those were in the first half. Probably so. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, how short these games are starting to get. Which I mean, I think I like. I mean, I think I understand why they're changing rules because how many times do you you get home and you want to watch a game and that, that the game on the the game that was on before is still on. Yep. Now you got to go to ESPN Plus or mm -hmm. something. So. If they can find a way to get those games in a window, and I think that this kind of ties in with all the conference expansion and stuff, I think if you can get them in the window, they're thinking if they can get them in, in that TV window, you're going to see a few more game slots. I think you could eventually one day see games starting as early as 9 o'clock, depending on all these conferences you got playing West Coast, East Coast. I think you could see football starting early. And I think people have uh, – the appetite is what has been a, a little bit more wet because, you know, the NFL playing those London games and all that kind of stuff, people waking straight up to watch football. I, I think you're going to see something like that happen a little later um, in, in college football. Fox last week had a quadruple header. Mm. 11, mm. 3, 6.30, 9.30. Something like that, 6, 9.30. Oh, so, yeah, yeah it, four, four, it was a, all day. Games on Fox. Yep. yep. Uh, Quinn, you're a Rams fan, right? I am. How you feeling about your uh, Rams against the Niners this week? Well, I'm glad Puka Nakua is playing for him. I mean, that, that, I love saying his name. He's, he's a heck of a receiver. He's a guy who's taken over for Cooper Cup. I think he was targeted like 11 to 12 times last week. Uh, everybody rushed out to get him on the waiver wire, but um, – uh, 49ers, they're probably the best team in the league right now. I mean, Brock Purdy is, is very efficient, very good. The defense is just nasty. It's super nasty. And McCaffrey and, and all the stuff he's doing. So I'm, I'm going to say the 49ers are probably the best team in the league. Them and, and the Dolphins are probably right there because that offense is so explosive. So I think the Rams will have trouble with the 49ers this week. Quinn, thanks. We'll be listening to you Saturday. Uh all right, fellas. Y'all take care. See you. Are you hey, you coming Monday when uh, Hunter Yurchek visits the Touchdown Club? Uh, I may come. If I can get a seat on that plane, I'm probably going to be there. All right. <laughs> we'll be there, too. Later, Quinn. Have a good weekend.